I beg you, baby, kick it to the left now. If you wanna eat it, no pressure. I, I only do rage, no Tesla. Balmain, dripping umbrella. I'm tryna love you like a gangster. Baby, would you answer? I give you love, make I give it to you faster. Cause you fucking with a gangster. All my days, I'm tryna give it to you, come my way. You know I'm a bad girl, I show you my ways. Turn the location, I put it in ways. Forever, forever. Okay. I want you, my child. All right, what you saying? Oh, go crazy. Hey, you know. Hey, ah, okay. Hey, what? Corona ain't stopping no party. Corona ain't stopping no party. Oh, hey. Hello, hello, hello. It's been a long, (laughs) you know, it's been a long time. Not too long, just a few weeks. It's been up and down a little bit. I know, but you know, they love us and we're here today. And you know who we are. This is Damio. And I am Erica Mona. And this is Cross Cultured. (laughs) All right, you guys, Uh, you know, we back better than ever. And you know how we like to start. We're just going to jump right into it. We like to start with the... Let's start with the little stuff first. So, in great news, Harvey Weinstein, he has been given 25 years. Locked up. You won't let me out. Mm-hmm. They, they won't, won't let, let me out. I'm going to die in jail. Because <laughs> he keeps having heart attacks. What? Did he look like shriveled up? That's like he Like, he looks like a whole different person. Like, you could tell, like... This is, you're going to pay the consequences. You're going to suffer. They say what's done in the dark is always going to come to light. It is. Like, ain't no way. And I'm just glad that this happened because, you know, we, we talked about Bill Cosby. We even talked about um, even Michael Jackson and who else? Russell Simmons and all of all the other people, you know? And the, the big issue has been like, okay, what about Harvey? What about Harvey? But yes, finally, I think this happened like a few weeks ago. Yes, yes. Harvey, you going to jail on eight counts of sexual assault mm-hmm. and sexual violence and that's what he deserves and um shout out to all the women who had the bravery to open up and talk to about it out. to really to really to who've seen this through on a personal yep, level yeah um so shout out to y'all for getting that win and that vindication because yep. you know as a woman in the industry you know i'm gonna say we in the industry no, even we though are. you we know are in we, we in the industry period mm-hmm. um yeah, you know, it's it's hard navigating with men. It really is. It is. It's really men it in really power. It really is, especially men and in And then power. this industry, they're so. the ones who are in charge. They're, they're the directors. They're yeah, the casting directors. And, they're the producers. And to think a lot of your um, your stake in this industry is dependent on your looks and your sexuality. Yeah. And that and when that line gets drawn yeah. and when people cross it, yeah. it it's, it's not It's fun. hard because it hard. puts you in a, like, a very like hard position because it's like you want this career so bad. You really want to make it. You know, you probably... Have received so many no's, went to so many auditions, and then you think you catch your, you, you know, you just got got your big break, but yeah. they're like, you know what, you gotta get, give up the the cooch. They say, how bad do you want it? It's, and it's so it's unfair. You That's know? unfair. It, it really is. It is because you know you probably think like, oh, for my family, you know, this movie I'll make money, I'll take care of my family, I could pay my bills, I could do this. What you start thinking about is like, how many how many guys have I slept with that didn't deserve it that I sleep with? Right. That's that's really right. what my like, I do it for though. free anyway, so I might yeah. as well do it. And you, you be like, man, I slept with somebody who I wish I could take it back anyway. Woo, woo, woo. But to be pressured to be mm-hmm. taken for it to um, define you, for him to be such a person of influence. And for you to 
to have to watch this. Shout out to y'all for getting y'all day. Yes, because this was the start of the Me Too movement. Was wasn't it? it? Wasn't I it? don't think it was the oh, start, it but I think big it, with him. it definitely got big. Like, this is when we saw um, like a spike everyone coming in the out Me Too movement. Too, too, it too. was a spike in the Me Too mm. movement. That's good. Well, another so, white news. <laughs> um, you guys remember the movie When They See Us this was a movie that was produced by Ava DuVernay it's on Netflix or a limited series yes movie I'm sorry limited series um, so basically um, the real life persecutor and for the real life situation Linda Farstein or Farstein Farstein she is suing Ava she says that her career is now over because of the Netflix show. It should have been over. I know, right? She said that um, the 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 episode, well, the show, made her um, look like a racist, an unethical villain who is determined to jail innocent children of color at any cost. And she's like, "That's not who I am. That's not me. That's what. That's not what happened." White people really don't be knowing they racist. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. Like, like I think that when we think of racism, we only a lot of time think of it in an overt Jim Crow style racism. But it's like, nah, be like you. It's like, did you really forget that you did all these things that you had a hand to like? Yeah, you played like, a role in this. Like implicit racism is more dangerous to me than um, than overt in your face. racism mm-hmm. because it's kind of like. That implicit stuff is so hard to prove, and it's so instilled in you. Exactly. Like, even though you didn't blatantly choose those boys or whatever, mm-hmm. you weren't the one that brought them in the station, all of your actions towards them and the way that you handled that case was because, in your mind, you wrote them off because they are black and brown children. Of course. And just even the way you treated them. Come yeah. on now. Like, like there's no way, in, in, in no way that you would have ever treated... Um, Caucasian children. At all. At all. It's like this white, many white people, it's like they forget that they do certain things. Really white women too. It's like you did this and then now you want to cry wolf. Now you want to play the victim. They tend to do that. They do something bad and they switch up like, oh my God, no, I'm actually the victim. Help me. Honestly, sorry to say, just really side note, I was thinking about it. What did I say? Where the hell is Caucasia? Like, (laughs) (laughs) The land of caucus? Like, no, seriously. (laughs) Like, white people really be having audacity. Like, especially white Americans. Like, you're Caucasian. That's like a word made up to explain your whiteness. Like, you, like most African Americans, don't have a a solid attachment to your country in Europe. Mm -hmm. Like, you may be able to find it out, but a lot of, like, Jennies and Bills and Bens, they've been here since whenever, and they don't know what country in Europe they're from. They just know they're from Europe because they're white. So it's like... We made up a name, Caucasian. What the fuck is the call in Caucasian? Like, where are you from? Like, like y'all don't really have no background. So I just feel like the audacity of white people to act like they have a deeper heritage than than anybody mm-hmm. else when you you really are from no man's land. Point to Caucasia on the map, and then I will identify you okay. as such. Okay. All okay, right. Caucasians. <laughs> okay, what's next on the list? Let's talk about politics, I mean. All right, so let's get into these politics. So a lot of people don't know Super Tuesday happened. I know that we've been super distracted with Corona, Corona, Corona. And um, that has been taking over. But we cannot forget that something huge is happening, which is the 2020 elections are happening this mm-hmm. year. Um, as we know, a lot of the Democratic candidates have dropped out and we were basically left with Biden and Bernie, okay? Yes. So right now, what it looks like is um, 
um, Illinois, we finally had our Super had Tuesday on March 17th. Mm-hmm. I went out and voted. I hope everybody was able to get out and mm-hmm. vote. I know it's mm-hmm. a lot going on, but if you're young, if you can take that trip, you should have took that trip to the mm-hmm. polls. So just saying that. Um, and it looks like Biden is pretty much leading the primary right now. He is sweeping. Yep. I will say this. Biden was not my first choice. Me but I know when I was supposed to talk about opera. Um, yeah, you know, you're not supposed to talk technically about who you who vote you for, vote but for. shit over. Biden was not my first <laughs> choice. Definitely not. Um, and it, I know with the climate and what things are doing, that affected how the turnout was and what should have been the turnout in my personal opinion. However, I will say this. We are seeing how Trump is handling a real issue. Right, and this is an issue um, unlike the other issues in the way that it doesn't have any personal affiliation. Right, it's not about race, it's not about religion, it's not about um, our personal views or biases. It is about mankind and the human race, and just us at the essence of people. And for him to handle it in this manner is letting you know that come hell or hellfire, we all need to be at the polls November. That's all I'm saying. Okay, so I guess that's a definitely good segue to get into coronavirus. Corona. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. <laughs> speaking, speaking of Trump, you know he what did he call it? He um, the Chinese virus. Chinese virus, and some lady um, she said they'll call it the Kung Fu virus too. The Kung, the Kung Fu virus. The Kung, is the Kung Fu virus. Something like that, and it's like, come on. So we all know that coronavirus is basically it's a pandemic. It's going on everywhere, right? Europe, Asia, Ar- like it's everywhere. It's not just a, an American or European thing. It's going everywhere, um, which is pretty sad. You know, we got the news that a few celebrities do have it, like Tom Hanks and his wife. Um, Idris Elba has it too. Some Kevin NBA- Durant. He has it. And some other NBA Four players Four Laker too. players. Mm-hmm. Some other like um, NBA players that aren't as popular. I can't remember their name. Mm-hmm. Sorry, y'all. But it's like, wow, this is for real. And then, you know, not everyone have the symptoms, right? Because Idris and even the other basketball player, he said they said that they don't have the symptoms. Yeah. However, they tested positive because um they were made aware that they were around people who had it, right? So like mm-hmm. Tom Hanks, he got it in Australia from shooting the Elvis Presley movie. How they just gonna drop that he shooting the Elvis Presley? <laughs> that was the rollout for the Elvis Presley movie. Like how y'all just gonna say Tom Hanks working on the Elvis Presley movie and not give us the details? I know, right? So basically someone on set has it, people are exposed. So now, you know, they did say that this is not um past or you can't get it's not an airborne disease. It's more of, you know, if you're with someone and who droplets, has droplets. Exactly. So which is why they emphasize wash your hands. And you know, this thing is not just, you know, affecting sports, but also churches. So now some churches and just religious um places, they're closing down. They're holding their services online. And I think that's a good thing. You know, some mm-hmm. people are like, oh my God, you know, no, church, you know, don't close down the church. God is beyond this. Yeah, God is beyond this, but let's be smart too, right? Because yeah. in churches it's a large congregation of it's people. A congregation, yeah. You know, no so you, you're in a setting where it's like hundreds of people. You know, there's some churches that are like thousands of people. Yeah. That's how it's going to spread. Okay. So no I think it's what. good that they're, you know, closing down churches and they're still holding their services online because it's all about your worship of God, right? Schools are closed. Schools are Everything closed. is closed. Um, let's hear from an expert. We've given our mm-hmm. little uh, point. So let's hear what the expert Here are the three P's to the coronavirus. The first P is perspective. There have been 40,000 deaths from influenza in the U.S. in 2017. That number was 60,000 in the U.S. in 2018. Versus the coronavirus, there have been 90,000 cases globally. 40,000 have recovered. 3,000 have died. 
inside. I wanted to tell you that to decrease your fears. The second is practicality. What can we do? The general public wants to wear a mask, but it won't help the general public. What we need is a hand sanitizer. Every time you touch somebody's hand, every time you touch a doorknob or money, put the hand sanitizer on and avoid touching your eyes and your mouth and your face with your hands. The third most important is prayer. Father God, we ask that you would eradicate and take out this coronavirus. We ask you give wisdom to the scientists and doctors to come up with a cure and vaccine. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. And just in case you wanted, yeah, yeah. This is Dr. Sam. Okay, Dr. Sam, okay. thank you. But you know one thing I want to talk about is the global impact too, right? Yeah. This is um, with the fact that it's hurting the economy. You know, the stocks are now markets down, but also think about Asian market, right? The Asian economy. Everything is made in China. Like, damn near everything is made in China, right? So My now, hair vendor told us that they're not sending should be out here until April. Wow, look at that. I had just ordered some hair too, and I just got it. Ooh. Mind you, she's a hair. What, what would you call yourself? A hair? I'm a hair connoisseur, by okay. the way. I do and have business a hair owner. business. Hair Care Co. Cute shout out. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, so this is affecting their business. And also not Asian business over there, but also here. So like Asian restaurants, you know, that's affecting them. I saw a tweet where um, Asian restaurants, where they do, when they send a message to their clients, like, hey, you guys, we don't have coronavirus. So please support us. You know, so it's pretty sad. Because they trying to get their crab ragu. They, they're not okay. They don't want to. <laughs> they not, they don't. You know. Y'all want to get your crab ragu? What y'all talking about? You know because you know we see all these Facebook videos of Asians eating raw animals, right? Raw snake, raw frog, raw pig, raw everything, right? All so now it's about, like yeah. okay, Asians are the cost of it, and I don't want us to think that you know because obviously this definitely would inc- or has increased discrimination, prejudice, stereotypes of Asians in America. Yeah, yeah. All, all jokes aside, let me stop playing. Let me be serious. For a second. All jokes aside, um, Asian brothers and sisters, we understand you, especially you Asian Americans who have been here and don't have corona. You know what I mean? Like, um, I think that it is an unfortunate very of the coronavirus, which is the flu virus. Um, It's an unfortunate variant that is now attacking and plaguing the entire world um but i also see a lot of positive in this yeah and that's just me being my happy-go-lucky self i'm seeing um a reset in the world that we needed Mm -hmm. i'm seeing that with us being inside the the environment has a chance to heal itself yeah i'm seeing um the government finally saying they're going to stimulate the economy Mm -hmm. and give us money and and and, and give people a chance to catch up on bills yeah i'm seeing us having to talk to ourselves mm-hmm. and having to engage within ourselves and not being distracted by work and this and bills and that and actually having to like talk to me. Y'all know how many people I done talk to? I'm like, damn. I know. What's up with you? But even speaking of, you know, work and stuff, I know that in some cases, you know, well, they said, well, Trump said they'll give everyone $1,000 and then Bernie said, let's give people $2,000. I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah. But this coronavirus is not just affecting people's health, but also their livelihood, their income, right? Oh, yeah. So people, yeah, yeah. you know, people, like people that works in restaurants, in daycares in schools it's like you're not getting paid you know especially if you know if you don't have like a a, a job where you can work from home yeah. you're not getting paid where yeah. your kids gonna go so it is gonna affect your income uber drivers taxi drivers yeah. that's also another thing that's affecting them um because i know that um like advocates and local drivers were trying to discuss a possible solution you know asking that large gig employers to pay their displaced workers two thousand dollars um, also that, you know, the states will allow temporary workers and independent contractors to file for unemployment with proof of wages paid over the last four weeks, right? And also Chicago uh, rideshare and taxi drivers, they, they're struggling, you know, 
with this whole coronavirus, it's like, who are they going to pick up? Everyone is home. Yeah, and also, um, just an FYI, because we just got this, Illinois has now placed themselves as a stay-in-home state, yeah. which means that they've literally closed everything. They have shut down everything. The only place that we can go is the gas station or grocery store mm-hmm. in the hospital. Um, but that does not mean buy up all the toilet paper and everything. Why are people buying toilet paper? I don't understand the toilet paper thing. You However, shit that much? I, I, don't, I really don't get the toilet paper thing. That doesn't correlate to me, but um, basically... Us, along with New York, along with California, as these big states, um, basically what that means is stay in the house. Like, there's there's nobody and nothing y'all should be outside for. And Chicago is till April 7th. It's till April 7th. I think um, Cali is longer. I think Cali is like a whole month for Cali. Till April 20th? Till, yeah, April Oh, 20th. and Chicago public schools are closed until mm. April 20th. Honestly, I'm cool because I'm getting paid, but... But, yeah, which is good. But, um... You guys, use the resources. There's a lot of resources for people who have nieces, nephews, kids, whoever out there, um, and they don't want them to miss out on education. Scholastic.com, ABC Mouse, um, Audibles is doing free ebooks for children. Mm -hmm. I'm just giving you guys YouTube. Continue to play sight words for kids. Continue to do the read aloud books. Um, all of that because this this is like all jokes aside, a big gap in students' education. It's a big gap. I can't imagine it. I can't as a student. Right, it's a big gap. It is, and also like seniors that are graduating. It's like okay, are things gonna be postponed? Is graduation gonna be? Because you know I'm in school too. A lot of people cancel graduation. Exactly. Premature to me, but I don't think you should cancel. I think you postpone it to June or yeah, so. Yeah, I but think it's very premature to cancel. The I don't know. And also, in my school, you know, um, one of my professors he mentioned, you know, the fact that unemployment rates are skyrocketing because of this issue. Yeah. Um, they're like, you know, make sure you guys are careful. You know, so if you do have to go out, make sure, especially at night, you're not alone because you know there it's a higher chance that you know you may be robbed, right? Yeah. Because you know, this are this is de- this are desperate times. For I didn't think people. niggas was gone, but because we were okay, we were okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But this are desperate times, so they're like, you know, in situations, you know, you may got you know smacked, and people may steal your purse because they up down to their last dollar on some on some, on real, some real stuff. Side. Let's just yeah. <laughs> just be cautious, you know. Uh, but thankfully, you know, this is not prevalent in Africa, which I'm happy about because the virus does not you know survive in a hot temperature. Yeah. I think there are only like three cases in Nigeria, and of course, it was from traveling. An Italian man yeah. came tonight to Lagos, and that's how the disease got to Nigeria. Um, so they don't have that much panic or fear that they have, which is a great thing. Are you guys ready for my conspiracy theories? What is it? <laughs> I have a couple. My first conspiracy theory is this is a retaliation from Trump killing the Iran um, guy. You remember that oh. when he killed that? That's one of my. That's one of my conspiracy theories. So you're saying is the, the Arabians, the Arabs, the one who yeah. made the? They said fuck a missile. We just gonna I kill think you. It's a, that's, that's one, though. That's one. Okay. My second one, this comes from the YouTube stuff. I have another stuff. one, too. Uh-huh. They said that they've been trying to test 5G and that 5G as a network... It's like it's a microwave. ...is a microwave, so it's a lot of radiation, which gives flu-like um, symptoms, which is corona. Mm-hmm. I could get into that a little bit. I can definitely get into that. Another one is that, you know, America, the American government created it to basically trump um, the Asian government. Oh, <laughs> to Trump, the you know the Asian government because you know everything is in China as I mentioned earlier, you know so and they have one of the largest like economy and markets and everything technology. What is it that they don't have? So it could be a plan to affect the Asian um, government and country. 
Who knows? Obviously, on some real stuff, despite the conspiracies, this is obviously a man-made disease. This virus was created in a lab. Because where is this coming from? I don't know where. Like, what? And then, you know, there are certain books out there saying that, oh, this was um, predicted to happen, and it's just gonna, it's going to go away in a few months. It's going to come back in another 10 to 20 years. I don't know, man. It's stressful. You know, people just be careful, you know. Black people, we are not immune to it. We could get it, okay? We're not Africa. If you're not Africa, you could definitely get it because you're in a cold temperature. It's winter. Let's be real. Um, you could get it. My ignorant ass told my coworkers. <laughs> this is not a white man's disease. I was like, I'm Nigerian. I'm not going to get it. Girl, boom. This but is not a playing. white man's disease. Um, but yeah, I think that's all we have on the corona. But real quick, though, you know, we spoke about uh, voting, too. Yes. Um, I know senators were talking about maybe they're trying to make a push to shift to remote voting during this national um, um, crisis. Um, some of the um, senators, they argue that bringing all 100 senators back to Washington could go against CDC's guidance among, amid this growing concerns because it will cause the possible spread of the disease. So this is, as I said, it's affecting everything. It's not just a cuff, cuff, you sick thing. It's Yeah, it's definitely it's affecting a, a lot more. And I think that, as, as President Trump said verbatim, we're going to be stronger at the end of this. Okay. <laughs> this nigga said, this too shall pass. All right. It shall pass. Um, but, you know, let's advance the conversation to our favorite segment of the week. Okay, okay, you guys. So, you guys already know how we like to come. Every so often, somebody does something that's like real goofy, real mm-hmm. dumb type shit. And we have to acknowledge it. And we call that a lodo. An a lodo. Somebody who is a dumbass. Stupid. Makes poor decisions. Comparable to a donkey. Goof ass. (laughs) Olodo of the week, niggas. Alright, so Olodo of the week this week is going to my, you know, my little side boo. Oh, he your side boo? He is, because my main boo, everybody knows Drake. But my side boo is Jonathan Kirk, a.k.a. The Baby. Okay, and the baby he got a load of the week because um, maybe like a week or two ago he caught, found himself in a situation where he hit yet another fan, Girl. and what he's claiming and he's alleging is that the fan had the phone in his face. It was a bright light. He felt the mm-hmm. phone hit him. He didn't know what was happening, so he just hit it, hit the person. He didn't know it was a woman, so on and so forth. Um, I been- saw that video. What you think? The the hit seemed a little bit more intentional. It didn't really seem like a reflex, you know. Oh, really? That's what I personally think. And then you know we we have seen him in the media, you know, with police and you know with basically with violent acts, right? So even if that you know this person's phone was in your eye and it was hurting you, why is your first response to hit this person? That's where that, it gets that a right there is me. like okay because a friend of mine was like, I get it, but. This is what you signed up for as a, a celebrity. You're going to be yeah. exposed. Now, yes, people yeah. should respect your space and everything. Yeah. But it was at a concert. I, I so, of course, things are going to be in your face. I definitely think the reason for me that he deserves this a little because you've been in the limelight. This is not the first, second, or third time that you have been in a situation like this. Don't forget, early in the baby's career, he was the one who killed somebody in Walmart. Yeah, eh? That was early in the baby's he killed, right. killed he somebody. He killed somebody. He shot somebody. I don't remember. He shot somebody. Somebody ran up on him in a Walmart, and he had to kill them. And it was because um, it was self. He got he got off on self defense. Mm. After that, remember he was in the Louis store. 
I remember somebody, the saw. But he was it was very early in the baby's career when he had to kill somebody in Walmart. Are you kidding me? It was very, very early. Like like we like a lot of people didn't even know. Like at that point I think Babysitter was the only record he had out. Wow. Um, but was this before he was known as the baby? That he was I mean he happened? was the baby. He was the baby because you know in Charlotte you know there's always gonna be local artists and then yeah. they're gonna get national. But before he became national, like a, a more it was. Like, but I feel like it was a little bit. But it was like the beginning of him touching national. Wow, I love that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he killed somebody in Walmart because of that, and then he had this situation at Louis, and then he had this situation in the Louis. hotel. He did. So my thing is, at this point, you need to have a conversation with your security. You need therapy, boy. He does need therapy, but you do need to have a conversation with your security. Because at this point, you should not be in this close of contact with people. And he's had in situations in between where it's like he's crowd surfing and he's hit somebody or whatever. Hey, no, whatever. You're going to be in close contact. There's no way. You're going you're gonna to interact with your fans, especially at the level that he is still at, where he's still gaining popularity and stuff like that. I think that... It's a bigger conversation of, um, you know, as a teacher, what I hate is when parents tell their kids, if somebody hits you, you hit them back. Mm -hmm. And I think it's that type of mentality where if you feel attacked or you feel unsafe, your first reaction is to hit. Yeah. And I think that now that you, you not, you not, you still from the hood, but you're not in the hood. You're not. You need You're to change your mentality. You're not in the hood, so you have to change your mentality. Because somebody going to try, as you see, somebody going to try to pull a case on you. And he's too talented, and I love him too much as an artist, young, as a person, um, to for him dad. to get caught up in this. So this Olodo, for me, is more like, we just trying to let you know, it's people that really care about you. And then, you know, of course, he issued an apology, as they always do, but and, the apology, apology seemed a little bit weak to me. He was on the bed like, yeah, man. It was just like, I'm sorry. It, just, it, wasn't, it didn't seem genuine, so he definitely needs help. The fact that all the situations has been attached to violence, and there have been evidence where we do see it, right? And so it's we, not helpful that all these people have been women. A lot of them have been women. Oh, really? A car, like, I know the Louis one was a guy. The Louis one was a guy. He killed a guy. <laughs> the hotel one, I think, was a guy. But like, I think the past two have been women. Oh, oh God. I don't know. He needs to get get it together, okay? He needs to get it together. Get it together. Please, please. Because everyone's watching and then, you know. We're rooting for you, Kirk. Yeah. Jonathan Kirk. Jonathan Kirk. But yes, that is our hot topic. And let's get into... Our main topic of the day. <laughs> All right. So our main topic of the day yes. is broken homes. Oh, man. That's deep. This is a deep topic, G. Let's talk about it because we all at home anyway. Let's talk about it. We all at home. Shit. Get it together. Your house broken was full. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, for real. <laughs> Okay, so so with this topic, you know, because um, we are from different households, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm more from a, a broken household, but you're also from a one-parent household, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, broken and one-parent can be similar, but it's different, right? Okay, good. Put the put the differentiation okay. on there, because you're... So, you're okay, so, like, the, 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 so a good example would be in your case, right? Okay. Your father passed, so you only have your mom. So it's a one-parent household. That's what you grew up in. Okay. And I know that before your father passed, yeah. um, your father was... In yeah. um and abroad, yeah. right? Um, due to work, <laughs> I can't think about it. But you know, he was, he was on abroad, so yes, yeah. you did have your father. He was uh, he was yeah. active in your life. There's How, a difference between a broken household and a one parent. Household. Exactly. And, and then that. with me, I did uh, originally. I did have a two parent household, but my parents separated um, when I was 16. Um, so therefore, it became a broken household because the relationship, the dynamic of the family, broke 
due to that. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, let's just get into it. So, that's how I define a broken home. Do you have any other definition of a broken um, home? I would say a broken home is a home that does not contain peace and love. Um, and, I, and I'm not attributing that to you, mm-hmm. of course. But I think that there are a lot of homes with two parents that are broken. Mm-hmm. Um, Very true. I, that I, Because that I, I, I have students and I know people who come from homes that are dysfunctional mm-hmm. in this sense. And um, it, it, it translates in different parts of their lives. So right. I do want to add that to the conversation. Definitely. That's valid. Way. Definitely. Yeah. That's, that's definitely valid. Because you could, as you said, you could be in a home... Both your parents are there, um, both, you know, but it could be really unhappy. Especially within Nigerian communities, not to cut you off, but like, uh, I think that especially we know within Nigerian communities, there's this thing of the mother or the woman in the, in the family, uh, carrying the household Mm -hmm. and the father just kind of being there. Totally. Because, you know, in Nigeria, divorce isn't, um... A quick solution. It's not a quick thing how it is at, compared to America, right? So many women and just many couples in general, they will just stick to their relationship. Even if their parents, the couples are not talking, right? We see situations like some of our friends, we know that, okay, their parents are clearly not getting along, yeah. right? They're just together just to say, oh, I have a husband or oh, I have a wife. Um, so yeah, you could be in a broken home without with, with two parents in the home. Mm-hmm. Right, which which is quite sad. For sure, for sure. And I, I don't even know which one is worse because I feel like maybe that low key may be worse because it could probably is a little bit more detrimental. Yeah, because it because it, it, it doesn't show you when to say when. Ah, you know what I mean. And I think that's a thing that happens a lot in broken homes. That uh, and that's what makes it broken, mm-hmm. right? Because I don't want to create the narrative that a one parent household or a, a household of divorced parents is a broken home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think when we talk about it being broken, there's a lack of communication. Mm-hmm. There is a lack of understanding mm-hmm, in the household. Mm-hmm. And by virtue of those two things, there's a lack of mm-hmm. nurturement and mm-hmm. understanding. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and love and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I think that's when it becomes broken. Like when you go home, you are not able to receive your, 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 your fullest and most um, most peaceful self. Yeah, I get it. Um, but I also do think that you know, if you are in a situation where your parents are separated, the you know the relationship is broken. Um, but it doesn't mean that it should always have to remain or always have that mindset. Oh, I'm from a broken my uh, broken home. So let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. What is it? What it, what was it like? Right. Let's talk about from your experience versus my experience mm-hmm. of um, one parent households or. So for me, so y'all know that I originally. You know, majority of my primary life, my primary years was in Nigeria. So I didn't come here. I, and I lived in Nigeria with my grandmother. So I did not come here till I was 13 to live with both parents. So that's my first time, you know, at least I fully remember living with both of my parents. So it was fine, you know, typical Nigerian household and all. Then my parents separated when I was 16, when I graduated of college. You know, and, you know, you would think that at that age, being 16, it's like, you're out of graduate high school, I mean. You know, you're out of high school. You know, you're not a baby. You're not like an eight-year-old where you're like, you need your mommy and daddy. But it actually really, really affected me. Like, Mm -hmm. I was, like, legit depressed. Like, I was a whole different person. Um, And then, you know, with the separation... um, um, my mom and I and my sister, we moved to Cali. Um, so that even just a little bit made it a little bit more like intense. And then we eventually did come back to Chicago, my mom and my sister. And, you know, we lived here. Of course, you know, my parents didn't get back together. Mm-hmm. But just living in a broken home, you, you see, I think the first thing is that you see how it affects your parents, you know, whether it's your yeah. dad or your mom. Right. Because, you know. It's hard in America, just even like surviving and take care of a family. So now it's down to one income. 
right? Yeah. So now, are you paying all the bills by yourself? The things that you used to paying and sharing with your partner is a one. It's, it's all in one pocket, you know. And yeah. even as a parent, you know, you guys would balance um, taking care of your kids. You know, being emotionally available for your kids, mentally mentally available for your kid. But now it's just one parent, and one parent is the one trying to be there for all the kids, emotionally, yeah. mentally, financially. That is a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Because your mom or my mom, she's been working all day, so she's tired. Okay, so you know there's some situations where like you know maybe mentally emotionally i may have needed her but it's like damn i see like she's drained she, yeah. she's she's depressed herself she's sad because her herself didn't see herself she didn't think that she was going to be divorced or separated at a certain age or ever in her life at all right right so it's like you know you definitely do lack you know in finances um and it's just sad you know i think what even makes it sadder is how other people react to it. Yeah. You know, especially Nigerians too. Because, mm-hmm. you know, my little sister, when this happened, I believe she was like, maybe like eight, yeah. nine, I think, you know, I think eight, nine, that's when it happened. And, you know, she eventually moved back to Nigeria. So she lived in Nigeria and she was in boarding school. And she mentioned how with her being in boarding school, you know, she heard her friends talk about their families. And my sister would be like, oh, I'm going to my dad's house. Or I'm going to my mom's house. Right. And they'll be like, why do you have separate houses? Mm. <laughs> it should be one house. And little things like that's like, oh man. That makes you, know, you feel so It does make you feel so like, oh, I do have separate houses. Mm. It's cool. Like, okay, I have different rooms. But, it, you know, that separation, it's like, you feel, I felt displaced. I will say that. I felt mm. displaced. Mm-hmm. I really did. Feel, I felt displaced. I felt that, um, I didn't feel the same, you know, because your, your parents, they nurture you, right? They, they have an impact in who you become. Especially where you, you know, your environment, where you live, is very important. So when it's not the same, when it's a, it's a sudden change, and it's not necessarily a positive change, it, it changes you. It changes you mentally, you know? It made me a little bit cold, you know? It made me see men in a different light. Um, it made me not... It made me create a distance with people, mm. right? To be like, let me just keep you at arm's length, because, you know, what if something happened? What if we separate? What if we fight? Let me just protect my energy. Let me protect mm. myself emotionally, mentally. So just even back to my sister, it just made me sad that, oh, wow. I feel like she felt the after effect when she got older. Yeah. So at the moment, she was seven, eight, you know. Yeah, she knew we separated. They separated and stuff, but it didn't really sink in. Didn't she didn't really in. get it yeah. till she became older. Yeah. And then she was around more people. And then she's like, oh, I need both of these motherfuckers in my life together. Yeah, at the <laughs> why, same time why for the different things. Yeah. yeah. What about you? So you lived... So let's hear about um, your, how so you So my grew situation up. was a little different. So um, my father, because of his job and the nature of his job, he had to stay in Nigeria. So I lived in America, which is me, my mom, and my brothers. So I came from a single-parent household in that manner. Um, and I think about it a lot in my... And then my father ended up passing away when I was 16, mm-hmm. ultimately. Mm-hmm. And I think about it a lot in terms of... Um, my relationship with my mother. Mm. Because I think that by virtue of the fact that my father wasn't here, he got to have a utopian Mm -hmm. um, relationship, right? Mm -hmm. In terms of, I call, I talk to you all, I'm as present as I'm expected to be for not being there. Right. Um, And he visited, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to say he didn't visit or whatever, but um, I think that that is also a thing. Like, for a long time... um, my dad was this demigod to mm-hmm, us, you mm-hmm. know, like he was the perfect parent. And that's just by right. virtue of he I live that. with my mom, so yeah. I get to see her in her flaw moments. Aspect. Um 
you know, I don't see my dad when he has whatever moments he needs or to have. Or if he's mad at you guys, or if he wants to punish you guys. Yeah, like, like that's things. not a thing. Um, it's, it's always hard being from a single parent household yeah. because as you mentioned, it's a one income thing. It's a lot of balancing that has to happen. Um, there are some things that, that you might have had that you don't have. For example, like when I lived in Portugal with both my parents, I took dance classes and I was a ballerina and mm-hmm. did all of that. And then when I moved here, it wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's always that. Um, I think when my father died, everything became more finite. Mm, like this is legit. Like this is legit. Parent. Just like um, where there was that, you know, it was like a semi thing of like, oh, my dad is you need to see whatever, still there, you know, though. and if I need it, whatever. It's That's like a savings him, account. I can. Yeah. yeah. But then like the savings account closed. Ah, you know? closed permanently. Closed permanently. Mm. So, um... That changed things in a, in, a, in a different way because I think where there was a safety net, because at the end of the day, my dad was still always my dad, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, I, I try, I try not to take away from my father being my father because mm-hmm. that's where I differ from my brothers. They had a lot of moments in the house, more, with experience, my, with more experience with my father. And when my father died, people made, made comments and things of the nature mm-hmm. of like, you know, you didn't experience him in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, my relationship with my father being from a different thing, I think that because he made himself present, I I, I can't fully be like, I come from a broken home. Of course. You know, and, that, and that's the difference. And then maybe after he died, things were similar to that mm-hmm. because... There, you know, there is that right. singularity of a parent, but but it's not that broken dynamic. It's, it's not that broken yeah. dynamic. Yeah, I totally agree. And just even speaking on the fact that you mentioned your relationship and just with your father, because um, when my, you know, when parents do separate, sometimes you feel like you have to pick a side. Yeah. Right? And I did feel like I had to pick a side, even though I did not want to pick a side. Right. So I felt like mm-hmm. okay, you know, my mom was one who's was you know the one who was unhappy or going through things. So it's like okay, I have to pick her side. Especially me being a girl too. Yeah. It's like if not you, and I'm her, I'm her oldest daughter too, right. oldest child. So, so it's like, like who? who else, if not you, exactly. to pick to pick her side? You know. So exactly. even with me, because when they separated, I was on my way to college. You know, right after high school, my college plans were ruined. Everything was, it was, it was different. I couldn't go to college. I had my apartment set up and everything. I was thirsty. All that changed. But it's like, okay, you know, I'm going to put my mom first. So and a little, a little part of me, I resented my dad a little bit, you know, cause it's like, and a part of you would blame one parent. Like, okay, it's because of you that, you know, the, the family is broken. I had a moment where I did resent my dad. Heck, I think I resented both of them. Cause I was just like, yeah. oh, why, mm-hmm. you know, why did you guys have to do this? And even if you're going to separate, it could happen a different way. Exactly. But eventually you get over it. You know, eventually, you know, you have therapy, you talk about it, you forgive them cause you have to. Right. Um, but it did. It really did affect my issue with my dad, especially in the beginning stages. Especially when I even came back to Chicago too, mm-hmm. I saw him in a different way. I resented him. I was sad. And before they separated, my dad was like my best friend. You know, mm-hmm. like I was closer to my dad than I was with my mom. Mm-hmm. So a good thing that I said, I came out from the separation. The fact that me and my mom, we had the time to really get closer mentally, emotionally, spiritually. We really bonded a deep relationship. Right? She's not my just my mom, but she's also a best friend of mine too. Right? Um, so, but it took that away from my relationship that I had with my dad. dad you mm-hmm. know, and you know, as I said, it just replaced me emotionally. Um, um, and I feel like I still feel the after effect of it because even till today, it's 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 certain things you 
as a child, no matter how old or you old you get, it's certain things you still don't get. You still don't understand as to why yeah. parents do certain things. You mm-hmm. know, you know. Um, but yeah, it just it made me a little bit more emotional than I would like to be. Um, mm-hmm. But would you say there are any advantages of being from a one parent household? Uh, the only advantage really is FAFSA. Ah! You know, and when if you I, don't know what FAFSA is, it's um, like what? Federal, I don't know what this is. Federal for. grant loan. It's the grants for college, college and stuff. When you trying to get loans and grants for college, it's that federal mm-hmm. thing. And they give you a little bit of extra bucks for being from a one parent household. household. Um, but I think that in, if, if anything... Uh, there's a sense of maturity that comes in one parent house. You can have to grow up a little bit faster. You have to grow up a little bit faster. And and that's not always an advantage, but there's sometimes where yeah. it is, right? Like you see so many people where it's like, y'all are struggling to adults. Yeah. And I've been doing that thing that you're struggling with since I was a kid. Exactly. You know, like since I was like a teenager, I've been doing financial planning and you know, taking care of a home and a household and picking up where y'all might have left off. Like, some stuff that y'all can't do as adults. I could do it. I've been there. Like, we've right. been there. Been, been. You know, we've been there. <laughs> so, like, I don't, been, I, don't, been. I don't understand what's the issue. But um, that's it. And as you said, I think that it also makes your parents more transparent with you. Mm. Um, because, like... Not to say that you are their partner, but it's kind of like once you get to a certain age, um, you're the adult that they can have adult conversations mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes that strengthens the relationship. Yeah. Like um, with my mom, my, my father passed when I was 16. Um, and I think that there are certain conversations and certain relationship we have now that we might have not been able to have That's if... True. She just had my father, and he was there, and this, that, you know, it would just be her and him. And they would just see me as their child, and woo, woo, woo. And you see, you see all of your mom, and I see all of her. You yeah, know, like yeah. I think, um, as unfortunate as it was, but to see her through that vulnerable state and to be able to kind of like be a pillar for her yeah. through that, um, it, it it makes them gain a certain respect for you that it does it, without. You know, yeah. without that, y'all can have that respect Yeah, I would say the same thing, too. Because, you know, my mom, I'm just like my mom. Like, we're not really, we're emotional internally, but we don't show our emotions, per se. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that was the first time I really saw her emotional. I'm just like, oh, man. Hey, your mama cancer. She be trying. She be trying. <laughs> Listen. She trying to hide that emotion Okay. She uh, so, it was just like, oh, man. It was... It was tough seeing all of her, but I believe really, it made me fall in love with her more. Yeah. Like, okay, now I know you, girl. Like, I get okay, you. I get, I get you. You should have been showing me this side, okay? Yeah. Uh, but it was a really sad moment of my life, man. I was so depressed. It was ridiculous. But let's, you know, we talk about how, you know, people say, oh, I didn't have a dad in my life. That's why I'm fucked up. I didn't have my mom in my life. That's why I'm a fucking asshole. Is that an excuse? I don't think so. Mm, okay. And, and, and I will say it's not an excuse because, I mean, what you're looking for is mentorship and guidance. Mm-hmm. Like, let's take away the parent. Okay. There are certain things that are supposed to come from a parent, mm-hmm. but you get it in other aspects in life. Mm-hmm. And if you, you didn't get it in any aspect of life, that's fucked up. Sorry to you. Yeah. But I don't think, I think people fall into that too much. Okay. Like... So it makes what, make it a crutch. You know what? So what your daddy wanted in your life? Right, right, right. It's right. still your life, and you still gonna have a life. Yeah, yeah. Without your daddy. 
Right. So that's what you going to do with that life? That's that's facts though. I'm not going to lie. That's actually fact. I don't think it's an excuse and definitely people really use it as a crutch, you know, for their bullshit. However, it is a very major factor as to why people act a certain way. Cuz even now, I can't imagine my life without having my dad in it, right? And I know I believe I've mentioned that my dad is actually my stepdad, but he's in my life for many years. But if I didn't have him in my life, like He's my superhero in my head. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If I did not have it in my life as my stepdad, as my dad, whatever, I don't, I'll be a completely different person. Now, yeah. I don't think I'll be a bad person, but my mental, my mindset will be a little bit different. You know, my morals and values may be a little bit different. You know? Right. <coughs> Excuse me. I think I'll be completely different because we even talk about, you know, celebrities or even just guys we date, right? And how they act a certain way. And we're like, we could tell that, you know what? You ain't have a mama in your life. Which is why you yeah. act a certain way. Or, you know Hell what, you yeah. didn't have your daddy in your life, which is why you act a certain way. Because there's certain le- lessons, there's certain things that you're, you will learn, you know, that you gain from having a two-parent house. One of my friends, he told me that, you know, he said that I could tell that you had a, your daddy in your life. And I'm just like, oh, really? He's like, mm. I'm like, why? Because he's like, you know, there's a certain way you carry yourself, the certain values you have that, you know, that you would probably just mainly gain from having a father, right? Because the same mm. way your dad will raise you is not the same way your mother will raise you, right? Okay. So I feel like... The type of confidence I have, I got it from my dad. Because my dad is a macho, proud, confident, African man. You cannot tell him shit, right? So a part of me, I do have that confidence where it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. I am my dad's daughter, so who am I not to have this confidence? Like, I can do whatever I want to do, right? But that's Mm -hmm. because I know I had this solid man, this solid figure in my life who was there for me and to teach me certain lessons. Right. Um, So, yes, I don't think it's an excuse for bullshit for you to act the ass or be whatever because, as you said, you still have to live your life regardless. Right. You know, like my mom, I know her, her dad passed away when she was like 10, 12. She was really young, right? Right. But she turned out to be a good person. Right. So it's about how you balance it. You know, it depends on how you see it, how you make it work for you. If you let it work against you and let it be, a, you know, a crutch for you or a problem for you, then it would be that. You know, yeah. but if you see it a different way, it would yeah. it would affect you. But you could, as you said, get those qualities or those experiences, you know, from a mentor, from a teacher, from a pastor, from a spiritual leader, whatever it is. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like you have to be open to um, to help, and I think that that a lot of what we experience today um, with people is just a lack of empathy and community. Right? Yeah, like it's just a lack of people being able to help and correct you, a a lack of respect for elders, a lack of respect for um, mentorship. Or just even how you... It could also just cause a lack of identity, too. Because I feel like some people are lost. They don't know where they're from. They don't know who they are. You know, that's why you see some situation where people are like, they, they, you know, they go on this search to look for their birth parents, to look for their dad or look for their mom that left them a long time ago because yeah. they really want to know where they come from. Let me ask you this. I feel like you haven't answered. How has this affected you negatively with you growing up in a one-parent household? What do you feel like it's a byproduct from you just being from one household? There's no balance. Okay. Um, you know, when... When, when your parents end up being together, they're together because, um, you know, I would assume anyway that most parents or people are together because there's something in the other person that completes you. Right. Um, so when you're a child of a product of that, you are with one person. One that you got to deal with. And that one person doesn't have the the completion of the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's 
moments where you even know, like, had that other parent been there. It would be different. Um, it would be different or it would have been handled different or there would have been, like, a different response mm-hmm. or something. And that's that's the thing. Um, you know, especially within my, my parents' situation... Um, so with your brothers having more of an experience with your dad, like they could definitely say, okay, I experienced this with dad. Dad was this way a little bit more than you can. Yeah. Did you ever feel jealousy or you feel sad or down about that? No, because the year before my father died, I got a moment. Oh, okay. Uh, and I'm very thankful for that moment because, you know, that's why I'm, I, I'm, I think a lot of it has impacted how I relate with humans. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of I search for moments with people mm. because that's the moment you're going to hold on to when you don't have that person. Because it could be that very last moment that you ever have. Because that's the moment, right? And mm. who would have thought that me in a random pepper soup joint with my father and we just we just kicking it was going to be the moment that I, um, I have to hold on to for the rest of my life. Mm. Like, who would have thought that, that this random... Just a, a a thing that so we did. Just like a restaurant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just was like, yo, this is going to be the moment where I ask you questions and you ask me questions and we have a moment within ourselves and this is the moment that I'm relying on to answer all the questions I will have from you for the rest of my mm-hmm. life. Um, I think that people inadvertently try to make it apparent that me being the younger one and um, me not having quite the same experience as my father, mm-hmm. as my brothers did with my father, they tried to diminish my, um, the void, I would feel. Okay. Considering that I was, I was four going on five when I came to America and that was the time when my father wasn't a fully present. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially as me being a young, a young girl and a young lady, you could never diminish of like what that void would feel like of not mm-hmm. having your father yeah. present. Yeah, you cannot, right? Man, that's tough. That's definitely tough. Yeah, it's you're not the same, you know? But um, I think for me, that's why in a partner, I look for certain qualities too. Because, you know, in Nigeria, we say that, you know, when you choose a partner, you want, a, you know, as one standpoint, you want someone who's, who can, who's your father, Who's your brother, your lover, your husband, your friend. The person, you know, at least have certain qualities of all those things with your partner. I'm not saying like they're your exactly. brother or whatever. And vice versa too when you're looking for exactly. a woman. You want you want to see some motherly, you know, features and characteristics in her. You know, where you could joke with her like she's your sister. Or, you know, she's also your lover that you make love to. She's your friend. It's just all these other roles. Um, but I, I personally don't understand, you know, parents that are not even, that choose not to be in their child's life. You know, it's one thing if you give your child up for adoption. I think that's a whole different story. But if, you know, you actively was with your partner, you impregnated her, you guys got pregnant together, and then you're like, you know what? I'm not going to be in her life or his life. That's what I don't get. But I think that's a different topic for another day. It is a different topic for another (laughs) day. Um, Because those are different type of, like, abandonment has different different levels. It's a different level. It's it's levels to abandonment, you know, like... There's abandonment and um, just in void, yeah, right? Like, yeah. like although my father was present in my life to the best of his capability, um, there's that little slight, like, there's that little like for like for example, for a long time I was fearful to be in the presence of my father mm. because I thought that the stories that I had heard was how um, 
My father was the disciplinarian. Right, he don't play games. He don't play games. So I was scared that like he ain't gonna play my goofy ass. You know what I'm saying? Um, it was always different when we when we was together. When we was together, it was like never mm-hmm. that. I was just like, I'm just a good kid. I don't know about y'all. Right, um, right, right. But just, just even to have to fill in certain blanks or to have, and and you know what I noticed? I noticed that with other people's fathers, I had that barrier. Mm. Like you know, people's like moms. I was always cool with. I didn't have a thing, but when their dad was like watching us, I would be scared. Ah, and that, and I noticed like, oh, that's a thing. Like I have a thing with people's dads because I'm not used to a so, father. Right. Oh wow. See, that's a part. Yes, definitely. Wow, that's a very good point. And yeah. you know, um, not to. Comp- I definitely can't compare it to your situation, but also me because I didn't grow up with my parents as my, you know, in my primary years. So it was always that distance. I've always had that yeah. big distance. So I'm, I, I'm a distance person. Like, you know, I always said, like, you know, thank God for you if you weren't the one. I feel like, you know, in the beginning of the friendship, you really were the one to make the push to, like, always keep in contact. Because if not, I was just like, uh. I'm clingy. <laughs> I clinginess. I will have no best friend. <laughs> and of course, Nussie, too, like, you know, to contact and stuff. But if not, like, I do have some type of abandonment issues where I'm just like, oh, well, shit, it's the distance. And then it became more when my parents separate because I'm like, oh. You know, you know, I was like, oh, okay, they're separate, and my dad is over here, I'm over here. So it's just like, okay, well, I guess, you know. I, you feel bad in one way or the other. Even though you know that it may not be your parents' intention, you know, but that embattlement is there. Well, you feel like, damn, you just left me out here? Exactly. You left me out here. Like, you kind of just, you left it's me some knowledge there. that you put on to that you ain't put me on to. That you ain't put me on to. Yeah. You know, um... Shout out to everybody that feels like they're from a broken home. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a student that has confided in me that um, her father her father beats her mother. Um, and it's 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 a thing that everybody knows. Everybody in the building kind of knows, and we monitor it. And um, you know, it is what it is. And Shout out to all those people who have to find their way through it. Because there's levels to being in a broken home. There really are. And um, I don't want to talk from a place of privilege. Because mm-hmm. I feel like, oh, you know, I'm saying things like, oh, I talk to my dad and whatever, whatever. Um, so everybody who has, who has not been privy or been exposed to that type of lifestyle where you're even able to talk to your father Mm -hmm. or mother or whatever the situation is for you i do want to send you love and light and i hope that in this time you have found a way to um push past it yeah and i'd like to also say for my little sister missy girl if you listen to this episode (laughs) i love you and i know that it's not easy you know because she's 16 now right i love you too right and you know as women Especially the older you get. Because the older you get, the more I'm like, girl, I need my daddy. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. Like, the older you get, the, the more, more I'm like, like you I'm, need I need my father. Dad because yeah. you, you're in more situation where like, you need this advice. You need a man's advice. You know, yeah. you need maybe a, a woman's advice. Or even just that that subtle, like, yeah. is somebody guarding me? Exactly. Because you know, your dad is your first love. I'm telling you, you, yeah. you don't understand how much I was in oh, love yeah. with my I, dad. I, I knew. <laughs> I'm like, my dad is my everything. And I, I still love him. I'm still you know, in love with him. He's a little bit different now. <laughs> but I still love him. But I just want to say a shout out to her because 
when she went through, I feel like when everything dawned on her that her parents were separated, she was alone. She was in boarding school. She was in Nigeria. You know, at least I was here with the family and everything. Um, but just shout out to you, girl. You know, I love you. I appreciate you. And you're a very strong young lady. And you're beautiful and amazing uh, and super are. talented. Just keep the and hope we alive. love you. I know. It's hard because, you know, with being from broken homes, you feel like you have to, like, separate the love. Cause that's I feel I know that's how me and her feel like okay mom's love is this way and of course each parent as much as they say they don't want you to pick they want you to pick they do on some real stuff they, they want do. you to pick they do so our mom will feel a certain way she will say certain things then our dad will feel a certain way say certain things and it's just like what well, damn. You know what I'm saying? Like, parent. I ain't trying to talk shit about you to my mom or my dad, but it's like, I guess. You're my parent. You're, <laughs> You're my, my parent. parent. But it's also to shout out, you know, it's also, also for our older listeners, too, with kids. And if you are separated from your, from your partner, be cautious, too, right? Be, you know, be knowledgeable and be aware of how this separation affects your child and do your best as possible um, to make it easy on them. But yeah, that's our topic for the shout day. Out to y'all. That was a, a little soft moment. Um, let's get into... Super vulnerable. I know. Thank you. I thought I was going to cry in this episode. Ooh, no, you did I'm, good. You're better than ooh, me. Because you know me, I would have grown. <laughs> you did well as well. So let's talk about my word. Yes. What's your word for the day? It better, my it better word, not be coronavirus. <laughs> my word for the day is communication. Okay. Um, I pick communication because I think that is the difference between a broken home and a one-parent household it's the communication of it all um communication is the ability to be able to exchange thoughts feelings um and words between one person and another Mm -hmm. and i think that when we're sitting here having conversations of broken homes um what we're really talking about is broken relationships we're talking about people not being able to communicate with one another to the point where it feels broken it feels like it cannot be fixed mm. um and that is something that especially in this time of corona we have to lean into communication. We have to fix our communication with one another. We have to be able to speak to one another, speak our values, our our feelings, our thoughts, our our desires to people and let them know this is what I want and this is what I expect. And right now, while we're not clouded with all the extra rigmarole, um, this is the time to do it. I, I jokingly tweeted that it's time for y'all to hit up that X and talk about y'all Corona conversation. Ah, it really is. It's time to have a Corona conversation and really say, what happened? Mm. What's the takeaway from this relationship? Facts. You know what I'm saying? Like, why? <laughs> Coronavirus. <laughs> Corona conversations. Y'all start those. I, that is my word of the week. Mm. Okay, I like that. All right, so let's get into our TV. Is it TV first? Oh, no, music. We do music make us lose control. Music make you lose control. Let's, let's go. go now. Hey, hey. Mm-mm-mm. Let's talk some music. So, so far, um, Janae came out with an album. I, I like her album. I almost said I love it, but I just like it. I uh, like it. Okay. I, like I like it. it. Yeah, yeah. I, like I don't it love it, but I don't love it. I I, I don't think I've ever loved any of her albums. 
You know what I'm saying? Because um, I get her flow, you know, her, yeah. her vibe, her mood. It's not typically my mood or vibe, right? However, when I do listen, I do enjoy it and I do like it. I feel yeah. like, you know, it's, it was a good project, you know? Yeah. She did well. She always, her projects are always good. You know, her albums are always good. So I definitely feel like she did well. And I like that her, her, her husband, but her boyfriend, Big Sean, Sean. Big Sean they're back together. He shut her out, and I'll, you know, her birthday passed not yeah. too ago too. Yeah. So she do her thing. She's one of those consistent, Shout like laid back artists. Yeah. She did her thing. Uh, Tink had an album. So Tink and G Herbo had an album. I've been meaning to talk about it. It really came out a long time ago, mm. and I've listened and I've downloaded and I stream. Um, Tink's album is very R and B. I I feel like Tink for a second marketed herself as like both R and B and rap. Um, but Trinity, she just an R&B artist to me. It, okay, okay. I don't, I think she's the R&B artist that can rap sometimes, but I'm not mm, attached to her as a rapper. I'm, I don't really have any type of attachment to her, okay. Yeah, like, I think <laughs> she's just she's an R&B decent, artist. Though. It was she's cute. I liked her, her little EP or album or whatever they call it. It I was cute. To it. Uh, I've listened to it. A lot of it remind me of, like, early 2000s, that type of, like, Cause I thought she was trying to be on that R&B vibe a little bit. I, I, I'm happy they let that go. I feel like it was on, what's his name? Timberland was trying to force that on her, mm-hmm. and I'm happy they let that go. Yeah. G Harbo's album is good. It's really good. It's it's a seven out of okay, ten. Okay, that's decent. And I, I like it, and I think that, you know, Herb is rapping on beat, LOL. Ha! Um, <laughs> but no, it's just kind of like, you know, Herb is identifying himself as like a mainstream rapper and I like Definitely. that. Definitely, and I like, I like that. that. It's not just the whole Chicago local Yeah, it's not rapper. just Chicago shit no more. Like, like, and, and that's cool though. It's still Chicago enough, mm-hmm. but it's like he definitely is doing his thing and proud of Herb and you know, maybe Fab talking to him on the side. Right, know. maybe that's his new mentor. Yeah, but it was, no. it was decent. It was definitely decent. And decent in Chicago language means good. Right, right, right. Um, also, um, we have this other artist who's also our friend. His name is Aziz. He put out a song called Grown and Sexy. Um, it's actually a really decent song. Like, I legit like this song. We're going to play a little, just a, a little snippet for you guys to hear Shout it. out to Aziz. Aziz, shout out. You know. Oh no, she got her own dog. She just did a man we go Okay. Shout Makes out to Aziz. Good. So y'all go stream that. That's on SoundCloud right now. His name is A Z I Z Z Music. Music. So y'all go stream that on all that. We on quarantine. Y'all don't got shit else to do. Listen to good music. Exactly. Period. And, you know, follow him on Instagram, um, Twitter, all that. Same name as this music. He's doing his thing. You know, we really do appreciate local artists. Yes. You know, because they're trying to make it out here, right? And you know, if not your city, your state, to you know, pump you up and support you. Who else? Rep your set. Rep your set. All right, let's get into TV. So on my block is back. I still haven't watched that. Fuck with on my block. Like, why you don't fuck with on my block? On my block is the cutest little thing. Um, but I ain't gonna start this season. To me, season three, they done turned them to Scooby and the Gang. Like every season, they don't have to. Solve a mystery or whatever, because mm-hmm. that's what they're doing now. But I do like on my block. I'm always gonna support it because if these little niggas from Stranger Things getting bread, these colored kids from on my block colored get bread. kids. Why they gotta be colored? Because they colored. Because they're not white. Because they're not Caucasian. I thought colored was offensive. That was in, 19, in 1950. 
Yeah, but till today, two people. Still no, white people can't say can colored. Say I'm okay. black as fuck. I can say colored. <laughs> Listen, me being as dark skinned as I am, I can get away with a lot. Oh really? Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. I'm telling y'all, Girl, because bye. I'm dark skinned, I can get away with a lot. <laughs> anyway, let's go into real, real housewife of Atlanta. You know, we like our reality TV drama. What's even going on? You know, with Kenya. Maybe you gonna beat the shit out of Kenya. <sighs> listen, listen, listen. They need to be doing too much, but you know, it was warranted. Though. I support her. Case, That's my bitch. It's, girl, you listen, I notice you like those dramatic people. I do. Those like toxic dramatic people. So? Like Josh. It's so. Ooh. Oh, okay. <laughs> I support. Talk, talk, no, I, I support the underdogs. God, it's not. No. No, no, no. no. <laughs> They are not underdogs. They are not because they are underdogs. No, because they're always all, they're the top of the show. They're obviously the ones that bring in the ratings. You know, Nene, like Jocelyn facts, and them. Facts, they're not underdogs. Facts, they are facts, not. Facts. You get it, relax. <laughs> but they're toxic people. Okay, it's not toxic. They have toxic behaviors Nene and tendencies. Not, no, 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 stop. Um, okay, don't put that I out there. Nene is not toxic. Girl, bye. Okay. Jocelyn is toxic. Oh, you finally admit that she's toxic. What do you mean finally? Y'all been new. Nene is. I mean, Jocelyn is toxic. Okay, I won't say maybe Nene is not fully toxic, Nene but she has. Toxic. She could be a bully, and she has certain behaviors that she doesn't. When, Nene's when people real. don't know, she is real. Yes. However, she's the type that she doesn't like it when you tell her about herself, which is fucking facts. Okay. She was going through something, but she accepts it. No, nice. she's listening. I've been watching my housewife before you started watching my housewife. But okay, don't do that. Matter, I, I, I watched. I watched season I one on. now. I'm after, Okay, but after, not in the moment, okay? So you. But are, now I can make my own opinion. Okay, yes, but you know, you already watched the recent season before you went back. So with that okay. being said, you already have your own notion and idea of this character by this person. So you know, you going back to what you're like, okay, well, she did this, but you're like, okay, well, I still like her anyways, you know? But I watched it from the very from the very start with the rawness and everything this how they are okay I put you on okay congratulations thank you thank you if we're telling people we put people on on air just let me know so I can I can say mine anyway uh, but yes Kenya the the officially um, announced that Kenya Moore is divorced from her husband we, we knew that was going to happen. Been it, you know, we, yeah, we did. We did, you know. I feel bad for her, but you do. Um, however, she is a very shady person. And it shows that when someone is... Mis- misery loves company, right? She's a miserable, miserable person. And yes. you can tell she's taking it out on Tanya, on Cynthia, and other people. You know, when people are happy, they want to make you unhappy too, right? Um, but I think that's that for Real Housewives. What else happened with Real Housewives? I don't know. Okay, so really, the thing with Real Housewives is is really just like Nene is trying to regain all her friends. This is my thing. I can always admit, I like when people know when they're wrong. Mm-hmm. That's why I fuck with Nene. Because she's a but bully. But then she don't know till like months, years don't go I mean, by. But that's that's how it be, though. That is how it be. A lot, of, a lot of time people don't know till months later that, okay, mm-hmm. I okay. fucked up. And, I feel like and if I it takes you months and years to figure out you fucked up, then that stop. shows how much your ego stop. Stop. and how much you're living selfish. It's stop. good, yes, that you stop. figure it out, but it stop. took you that long. Stop. We not to take not to listen, away from your growth. Listen, we are going to acknowledge that Nene's biggest catalyst was her husband going through cancer. And I thought I'm for the cancer, girl. I'm, I'm not stuck say, by the cancer. And I'm gonna say that's this not first Nene's first about blowout. Lenithia. Lenithia. Bye. Uh-huh. There's my thing about Lenithia. Does Courtney watch Real Husband Atlanta? I don't know. Courtney, you watch Real Housewives? Girl, Let please me know. watch it. Watch it. <laughs> so my thing about Lenithia. Lenithia is mean. She's a bully. She's somewhat of a bitch. Somewhat. But I, 
yeah, she is somewhat of a bitch because okay. she has compassionate moments. Okay. But I will say this. Lanethia keep it a thousand if it's about her, if it's about somebody else. And I like that it's consistent, right? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes some people keep it a thousand, but you don't know. I like that at the end of the day, you know that whatever Nene's saying is a thousand. I agree. I agree with that one. But, you know, people always say this whole, oh, keep it 100, whatever, whatever. As a viewer. You have to have, you need to be diplomatic. As a viewer. Not as a friend, but as a viewer, I can appreciate that. Please. Anyway, but she's definitely good tea. She's definitely good TV. I'll give her that. Let's go into Grey's Anatomy. Okay, now, I'm I'm about to go in on Shonda. Okay. Shonda. You lazy at this point. And Shana is the writer and producer of the show. Okay, black woman, beautiful, you're doing so well, blah, blah, blah. However, Grace Anatomy, if you've been watching it, it's been how many seasons now? It's a lot of seasons at this point. Yeah. You know, this show's been going on for years, since when I was in high school, low-key. Since I was in eighth grade, I remember really? my eighth grade teacher talking Listen, about Listen, that's a couple years, good amount of years. Um, So now we basically do feel like her character... Well, the black char- black female characters on the show are all the same, right? There's no versatility to them. It's all about they're hard, they're aggressive, they're big and bad, and it's my way or the highway. Yeah. And it's like, yes, a black as black women in America, I understand how we do have to be hard. You know, we do have to act a certain way. But it's like she's neglecting, neglecting the fact that we have other emotions as well. You know, we can't even be emotional. We can't be sensitive. We can't be broken and down and sad. But she doesn't portray that at all. Like recently, Bailey, who is a top character on the show, she had a miscarriage. She lost her baby. But we don't see any softness. We didn't even see her cry one time. How? How? And, and the fact that this has always been her storyline. She's hard. I don't like it. I, don't, I really don't like it. I think that Shonda has gotten to the point where she's just writing to write. Uh, I think that she is trying to keep up with the storylines as they are happening. And I, I need her to do a binge of Grey's Anatomy. Yep. Because I think that some of the... And, and granted, times have changed, right? Like, some of the shit that we probably would have allowed on Grace um, would be, like, me too or, like, canceled or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, in, in today's society. Mm-hmm. But I do need Shonda to acknowledge that she is not writing color, whatever the fuck she said. She said that she doesn't write things for people of color or like she writes things and whoever fits it, whatever. She color I mean, biased writing or whatever. I, I whatever get fuck. it, but you. But as a black woman, it is Mm-mm. partially your responsibility to tell black stories. And you know what? Even if she says she doesn't write it, you know, based on colors or whatever character fits this character, but it's not just Bailey, it's Catherine. It's Maggie, who are all the only three black, and the only three black female characters on the show, and they all have the exact same personality. So, with that being said, subconsciously you do have, um, you do write based on on color and whatever on race because you know. Um, Black women are harder. You don't write Meredith like that. You don't really write... I mean, Christiana, we see that she's a tough, stubborn girl. However, but we still see her emotions now. We see her breakdown. We see her yeah. sad. We see her indecisive. We see all of that. What other female character? We, we see all these other women on the show. Torres, um, Robbins, come on now. Exactly. They all have different characters. We see different emotionality, different aspects of them. But with Maggie, with Bailey, it's all the same thing. But just... Exactly. And, and I think that's, the, that's more of the critique. Like... I think that with you being a black woman, there is something to say about all your black woman characters. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so tell us the true tea. But let's move from that. Let's talk about Skinny Girl in Transit. Skinny Girl in Transit. So it is a YouTube series. It's a Nigerian YouTube series, which is in English. It's actually pretty decent. It does give you, I think, I believe we talked about this before, but it gives you uh, an idea of how it is growing up as a woman in a Nigerian household, right? Yeah. The pressure of, you know, your career, of marriage, of having kids, of the mind you choose, of your body, right? Mm. Um, so it's pretty, it's a good show. This is season six. So I'm like, you know, I took a break from it because, you know, after a while, certain shows, they just drag, right? You right. feel like they need to get to the point. So I feel like that's the stage I am again with Skinny Girl in Transit. Um, they're dragging it a little bit, but it's it's juicy. Uh, what's her name? Why the fuck I don't remember her name? I can't I ain't watched this season of Skinny Girl in oh, Transit. you haven't? Um, well, you know, it's not a lot. But I like the concept of the show. I felt yeah. represented. Definitely. I definitely felt represented on the show. Like, yeah. Oh, we talking about this big major. Yeah. Major. Um, my thing with the show is I feel like, and it's part of Nigerian culture, right, that, I, that there's more story to her than her love story. Than her looks. Because now they're back talking about her weight. And that's that's like let let's leave that alone. That's yeah. how we introduce the show, but mm-hmm. let's move. Where's from the growth? This. Where's, Where's the, growth? the growth? And I think that's just the, the my issue with the show. Yeah, and it's like I get it, you know, but it's like why drag out ep- the, 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 an episode? Be be concise, be sweet, tell the story, execute it well, and then move on to another story. That's how I feel about films and, and series in general. Really quick, um, I have to shout out this documentary that I watched on Netflix called They Gotta Have Us. I think about it last, last episode, too. I'm going to talk about it again, and I hope they really I watch, watch it. it. It's called They Gotta Have Us, and it's a great docu-series on um, black entertainment and black media. Mm-hmm. And if you are black and you're into this shit, you have to watch it. They have they start with the OGs, like motherfucking Sidney Poitier is on there. Like fucking Sydney Poitier. What's it called again? They gotta have us. You know, I was thinking about it today. I'm like, what is the name of that show? They gotta have us. Okay, amazing. Watch it, people. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Okay, that is that's amazing. Uh, But I feel like that's pretty much it. Do you have anything else that you would like to add? You guys stay safe. All jokes aside, um, this Corona thing is kind of it's just a lot and just in general and we know we're young and it may just be the flu to us but to some people people are dying and like that has to be acknowledged that people are dying so if your city if your state says stay the fuck inside do that shit so we can get outside facts very very much facts you guys stay safe um be diligent, be vigilant. Um, I think that's it that we have for you. My quote of the day would be, wash your goddamn hands. <laughs> <laughs> wash your hands. Wash them, y'all. And that's this it. has been cross-culture. Culture. You guys stay safe. Hopefully we can record. Oh, real quick, business. before you stop, listen. Let's do our social media um, shout out because oh, we're yeah. trying to grow our fan base. You know, we know so a lot of y'all listen to us because we see it. We see the stats. We got a good number of following. You guys, please follow our social media page. On Instagram, it is cross-x-cultured podcast. And on Twitter, it is at CrossXCultured. Okay, and also our personal pages, it is Erica Mona, E-R-I-K-A-M-O-N-A-A. You can also follow me on Mona's Locks. Mona's, Mona with an S, 
L-O-C-S, Mona's Locks, okay? At, at damn underscore I'm fine. So that's at D-A-M underscore I am. I am fine. <laughs> Your hair page. Oh, my hair page. Girl, hair please. Care Co. That's at H-A-I-R-K-H-A-Y-R-C-O. <laughs> anyway, yes, this is Cross Culture Day. We love you guys. Stay safe. Stay clean. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Bye. Okay.